Well, you think about all the prophecies about Jesus, all the prophetic utterances about the coming of the Messiah through the Old Testament, and then the fulfillment. Now, we, we always say, you know, if someone gives you a word or someone says, you know, this is a prophetic utterance or whatever, you know, you've got to weigh that, you've got to weigh it, you've got to see if it comes to pass. How many years did people wait for the Messiah, the promised one of God, to actually enter the world? And so I sit there and I go, at Jesus' birth, no wonder the angels sang. Welcome to The Prophecy Project, an accessible prophecy podcast. In each episode, we explore some aspect of prophecy, from theology and practical aspects of hearing God, through to leading healthy prophetic cultures and exploring how prophecy can enhance local mission. Accessible Prophecy is a global ministry that helps individuals grow in the prophetic and helps local churches grow healthy and mature prophetic cultures. And now here are your hosts, Andrew Hill and Christine Wanstall. Andrew, it's so good to see you and welcome back everyone to the Prophecy Project. How are you, my friend? Oh, I'm really good. How are you? I'm good. Now, uh, we started uh, a couple of podcasts ago saying we cannot keep talking about the weather, but seriously, in Melbourne, it's a month before Christmas and it's 10 days before summer hits. What is going on? Well, I actually think we have stepped back in time and I'm expecting birthday presents in a couple of weeks because it feels like it's June. It really yeah, I does. Yeah, It does. I, totally. I, I must admit, I was, uh, I was uh, watching Kerry Newhoff's uh, Instagram the other day and he put up, you know, pictures of, you know, the first snowfall in, in Canada and I'm just sitting there going, uh, normally he's getting snow and I'm out riding my bike or, you know, going on the boat. At the moment, I feel like it's the same. Are we in the same place? Because it's like snowing here in Melbourne in the ranges and it's snowing over there. It's it's freezing and we have had so much rain. It's ridiculous. Anyway, I'm over rain. I know. It was raining. It was hailing yesterday and it was nine degrees and we're yeah. 10 days out from summer. Tell me how yeah. that works. I just couldn't believe. I don't understand it. I don't understand it. Apart from maybe God saying something about, you know, there is uh, the storm has to come to an end and the sun will shine. Maybe that's the prophetic utterance that we can take away from that because I'm believing it. Maybe. (laughs) I just got to believe it because I want want some sunshine for my holidays. (laughs) So in the Southern Hemisphere, uh, this is one of the key differences that I'm aware of that for us, December um, marks the end of the year. I know it's the end of the calendar year, but actually marks the end of school years, university years. All of the university students are, are now out. Most of them have finished um, exams. School kids will start to finish school in the next three weeks or so. Um, and it really, Christmas marks the beginning of the summer holidays for us, doesn't it? It sure does, and we cannot wait. (laughs) (laughs) Caravans go down the beach. Oh, the summer comes, you know, nice warm weather. You start to thaw out a little bit. Well, we hope we're going to thaw out, but at the moment it doesn't look like we are. 
Anyway. Oh, no, it's a bit crazy. So summer marks like our long summer and rest and recreation for us in the northern hemisphere. It's the Christmas in the snow and the cool and it marks, you know, it's almost like their mid-year in terms of the routines, but for us yeah. it's the end of the year and it's a good rest. So I was thinking today in our podcast we could chat a little bit because this is our last one for season one. Can you believe it? Ooh. We've lasted 13 episodes. Um, so in our well last done. one. I well know, done. Yay us. Woo. Um, surely there is some background noise about cheering that we could put on there, but I'm not going to try and find it now. Um, so I <laughs> thought we could do two things. We could have a bit of a recap, what struck us about this season, what are the things that we noticed around the things we chatted about, but also, which I want to talk about first, as we approach Christmas, how can we actually use prophetic gifts, the prophetic people in our church or dig in and, and into our own prophetic gifts to approach Christmas with a slightly different way? Like what are some of the ways that we could dig in and use the prophetic gift? Because my observation, and it's just mine, that sometimes I feel like we approach Christmas that we just pull out the Christmas story. Yeah, to be honest, sometimes it's just a bit blah, um, there must be, if God is such an amazing creative God, which we know that he is, how mm. can we tap into God's voice about what he wants us to notice this Christmas? So that's my question. Well, that's a great question. And, and I, I, would almost, I would almost answer it with a question, which my question would be, isn't this the greatest prophetic event that has ever taken place on the planet? Unpack that a bit more for me. Well, you think about all the prophecies about Jesus, all the prophetic utterances about the coming of the Messiah through the Old Testament, and then the fulfillment. Now, we, we always say, you know, if someone gives you a word or someone says, you know, this is a prophetic utterance or whatever, you know, you've got to weigh that. You've got to weigh it. You've got to see if it comes to pass. How many years did people wait for the Messiah the promised one of God, to actually enter the world. And so I sit there and I go, at Jesus' birth, no wonder the angels sang. No wonder the angels appeared. It's like the fulfilment of all of the prophecies that came about in Jesus. This is the, mo this is the most celebrated prophetic event ever, that I think. Now, you know, maybe people will say other things, trumpet, but jeepers, I don't, I don't know how you trump Jesus coming to earth. It's a really, I love that reframe around the angel singing. Why wouldn't the angel sing? Um, and there is some glorious choral music that tries to put expression to what it may have been like, um, where they sang glory to God in the highest and proclaiming Jesus' birth. But you're absolutely right. Like there is, it fulfills, the birth fulfills prophecy. It's the commencement of God's voice um, coming back into the world, his presence with us. Um, yeah, I like that. I like how you've identified putting it in the context of the biggest, the big picture story yeah. of it. And I see, I even go back, I, I think a number of years ago, I, 
I tried to do some work around this whole idea of when God created the universe, he he had in mind this moment in time because we know from we know from scientific you know proof that you can't just plonk a star in place and hope it doesn't upset the equilibrium of all the orbits of the planets and so how much how much work did god do even at the point of creation now this blows my mind right this absolutely blows my mind because a star appeared which was so bright in in the sky and so it had to have been orbiting at a particular rate to intersect right at the time over Bethlehem when Jesus was born. And so I sit there and I go, God himself had put a massive amount of planning into this to have those two things intersect right at that point. See, when you start to, when you start to work that through, it's like all of the prophetic utterances come right, come to, you know, to fruition right at this point, but even God's planning himself for this event, it blows me away. It absolutely blows me away. Because wow. he can't just, because, yeah. because we know if you just put something in orbit, um, you know, it can upset everything. It upsets tides, it upsets, you know, planets, it alignments, it orbits, all those sorts of things. And so he would have had to have had this star in the solar system rotating at a particular point to intersect right at this moment i think that is amazing now i'm no scientist so i don't know all the ins and outs but my faith level rises every time i think about that and so yeah it's a pretty special time of year that's amazing it reminds me of um i once heard someone talk about that exact thing you know putting this within the context of the universe and the stars and the you know and they ushered this phrase something like now next time I talk about this I'll say I once said and then the next time as I always say of course course. um so they sort of said if you think your view of God is is big it's not big enough because God is much bigger than we could ever imagine yes and that like the the sense of his power and his glory um and his capacity is so much bigger and we have just this small understanding about who god is and what he's like and how he intersects with us i love that image of the star and the light because one of the things as i was as i've been praying and thinking about christmas is john 1 Mm. verse 5 and john 1 you know as we know john 1 in the first few verses in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god he was with god in the beginning through him all things were made without him nothing was made that has been made in him was life and that life was a light of all mankind and in verse 5 the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. And it just struck me that maybe I could do a listening exercise because we always talk about one of the ways mm. to build our prophetic muscles is to do a, a listening exercise. I wondered what it would be like to do a listening exercise around that verse. So the light has come into the darkness and we could you could do it from a big picture point of view in our church 
or in the world? Where is the light? Where's God wanting to bring light this Christmas? Well, that's a great question. That's a really great question. Or you could do it in your own life. Like, Lord, where are there places in my life where there's darkness that you're wanting to shine a light into? Mm. Where are you wanting to? Because it's not just light, but it's the it's that um, word that comes alongside it as life. So the light and the life in God is life and he brings the light into the darkness. So for us as we approach this Christmas, where is it that Jesus or that God is wanting to shine a light in for us and bring life into that space? Yeah. So I wonder, like that's just one way that we can use the Christmas story as a listening exercise to to really engage in a really different way this Christmas. Yeah, and it becomes quite life-changing. I mean, you're talking, you're talking about doing some life application study around, around even listening to God and letting him prophetically speak to you this Christmas. You, you said, mm-hmm. um, oh, I can't remember whether you used the word blah, but I think you did, but you might edit yeah, it out. Blah. But, you know, you know. I did. Blah. <laughs> yeah. It's blah. But, I, because I, I, Christmas I is like, like oh, it's just Christmas. Oh, yeah, we're back into Christmas. And, I mean, we're being bombarded by ads and, you know, blah, all the stuff, all the usual <laughs> stuff about Christmas and sales and, you know, blah, all that. Now, hang on. What's the? Tell me what the deal is with people putting their Christmas trees up on the 1st of November. Like that is a long lead time to Christmas. Yeah, it is. And I just want to ask. Normally you have a star on your bookshelf and I've noticed it's not there. Does that mean that your Christmas tree is up? No, no, I just oh. uh, I just got sick of having all this clutter <laughs> on my bookshelf and so I actually took it all down. But somebody somebody's put something up the top there now that I'm noticing actually. Um, is it a light? Yeah, there's something up there. It's, the light shines in the darkness, oh, Andrew. That's what it is. Just, that's what it is. <laughs> but, no, the star is actually um, down on the floor. But it will go up. Okay. It should go out in the Christmas decorations because it was just something that got left over last year. Um, but yeah, I I think that I think actually doing some reflection and some life application and letting God speak to us about things like that. You know, where where does the light need to shine in our lives this Christmas? Where does the life? Where does God's life need to come out in our lives this Christmas? They are really great questions because there are plenty of people, well, I think there are plenty of people who are isolated, who are lonely. I think it's the shadow pandemic now. I've said that before. And and so, you know, there are plenty of people who will be lonely and isolated this Christmas and that's 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 not a nice place to be for anyone. So maybe it's the challenge for the church to engage with people and to to really say, okay, God, where, where do you want my light your light through me to shine this Christmas. Oh, I think that would be a I really like that. good your challenge. Light, your light through me. Yeah. Now, if we think about, sometimes we talk about up in and out, mm. so up our relationship with God, in our relationship with other believers, mostly if you're connected with a church, it would be that, and then out in mission. I'm wondering how this sort of question or or creative exercise might work in each of those three areas. Mm. That would be. That any one. any brainstorm? This was a question without notice. So any brainstorming from wisdom from yeah, Andrew? Yeah, wisdom. I'm pretty short on wisdom at the moment. 
Um, but I, I do think, look, with and we joked about the weather before and how cold it is, but there are plenty of people, Victoria and New South Wales, the two sort of eastern states, east, southern eastern states on the side of Australia, for those of you who are uh, not in our own country, um, but they're flood affected at the moment and that's going to move across into South Australia as well as the, the river system takes all the water. Uh, no, I think there are plenty of people who need help this Christmas and so even the outward, looking at that outward direction, whether it's people who are lonely or isolated or people who have actually just been inundated by floods or natural disasters, I think of, you know, those uh, friends of ours in uh, in Florida who, you know, just went through that massive hurricane. And, hurricane. Yeah, yeah, and so I just sit there and I go, for those of for those people who are tuning in in the US um, there, and, and in other countries around the world, there are so many uh, areas where we can reach out and really let the light of Christ that is in us shine through us this Christmas into people's lives. And it, it doesn't have to be hard. I think we can take some mm. easy steps. That's the out. Do mm. the, you can do the I'm- in. Thanks. No worries. Uh, I, I like throwing it back. It's like table tennis. Well, yeah, I back mean, to sometimes, you. yeah, it's right. Um, and the out can be a bit messy, can't it? Like there, and it depends how much we want to push into that out. You know, for us, one of the biggest challenges in recent years we've attempted to push into is who can we invite to be around our table on Christmas Day, yeah. because. Um, you know, there are lots of people who are on their own who, um, you know, sit in their lounge room on their own on Christmas Day. And so for us, we've we've really attempted to push out into how can we be Jesus to them yeah. and be family for them. And it's amazing that when you start to even say, God, I'm available, um, you know, just the way that people come into your life. Uh, we just, our Christmas table looks very different year after year as to who's sitting around it and mm. so just really encourage you maybe for you it's it's a if people who are listening maybe it's the weeks leading up mm. are there people that you can connect with and invite around your table um with the inn i think it's um it's really sitting there saying all right lord um where is there light and life that you want to bring to our church um and that might be in celebrating ministries or people it might be in even just telling people and explaining and exploring together what does it look like for God to bring life into our church Mm. Uh, what does it look like for God to bring light into our church Um, and then I think that individual space us with God and, and our worship as we are in quiet times with God just allowing God in that up space to um, reveal himself in a much deeper way. God is constantly wanting to reveal himself in deeper ways to us every day. And so that sense of quietening our hearts in the busyness of Christmas, I think is the biggest challenge for us. Um, And I probably would say as I'm I'm an external processor, as I talk, new thoughts come. I probably would say in the church space, Maybe it's actually in different points in the service, in our busyness of activity, celebrating the end of the year, celebrating Christmas, actually trying to find spaces 
where we can have a bit of stillness, where we can quieten our hearts and where we can engage with God in that deeper way. Um, one of the previous podcasts I know Kath talked about the um, just the power of stillness and quietening. Yes. Brandon talked Brandon about it too, yeah. in episode 11, yeah. you know, just quietening our, our minds and our hearts and allowing God to start speaking into that space. So Christmas is so busy. Yeah. So it's just trying to find the spaces of quiet and not crashing into Christmas mm. would be, well, that's probably my little rant well, that's, for the day. But that's, that's a great little takeaway, don't crash into Christmas. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, yeah. that whole idea of um, I was even thinking about, you know, that inside of things and I just wrote down, you know, three words that came to mind. You know, you think about um, Christmas, Emmanuel, God is with us. That means he's present, right? He's present with us. But that doesn't just mean, well, he's here. No, no, no. Yeah, he he is, but he's in close proximity to us, like he was with the disciples at that time. Like So that means he wants to have relationship with us. He wants to engage with us. He wants to be working with us and prompting us. And because the proximity, he's close enough for us to talk to. Not to yell and scream at because he's, you know, way down the back paddock or something, but he's actually in close proximity to us. And because of that, and this is, I think, the the personal reflection space that and the praise that comes from that is that he brings that positive transformation to our lives. Jesus being present with us in close proximity means that we are positively transformed for the betterment of society, the betterment of the world, the betterment of his kingdom. And I think then that leads us to be able to share that positive transformation with other people. The church might have a bad rap at Christmas. You know, people might go, no, I'm not doing that. But it doesn't mean to say people don't want to engage with Jesus. I think they do. And maybe that's the story that we can share, not only about Jesus, but about what he's done in our lives and the positive transformation that comes when he does engage with us. So how do we we not crash crash into Christmas? I think I, I... Yeah, well, I do wonder whether it is maybe some of what you talked about before is that space, creating that space to listen, creating that space to um, even give him praise for what he's done. Um, I, I I know people hate Christmas carols um, at, you know, the best of times. I love them. But I just want to put them I out. do too. I love them. I do too. My, and one of my daughters, she is a Christmas carol you know, and I wouldn't say a Christmas carolaholic, but she just loves them that much. Like she's already playing them. We had family dinner a few weeks ago and she puts on Christmas carols and we're like, what, already? And she goes, I love Christmas carols. Um, but the reality is they are so meaningful and, and maybe it is stopping again and the familiarity breeds contempt, you know, we so we go, oh, we know this, blah, blah, and, because it, and it becomes blah. But maybe going back and... Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Well, may, let's make that personal. Let let the people that I know receive the king. And how can I help them receive him this year? Oh, there's, Ooh, a, that's there's a, a big challenge. Question. There's a big challenge. A ch- yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. so it's, these, it's these different lines, you know, oh, come let us adore him. What do we adore? Are we adoring him or other things this season. I, I sit there and I go, there are, I get choked up when I say these things. It's it's amazing when you start to hear what God can do 
um, in us and through us because of what he has done, I think is great. Yeah. So that's a great segue into remembering what he has done Mm. uh, in our podcast this season. And because I think it is, we're so full of stuff, busyness. Um, I'm quite big on trying to pause and do a bit of reflection. Um, And so maybe that's something as we get to the end of the year that people can do as well, just reflect what has God done in our lives, what what is God doing, and that transforming effect for him. Um, But I just thought we could just do really a really quick recap around what were the highlights of this season um, of our podcast and what were the things that just stood out to us. And um, when I was thinking about this, the thing that stood out for me is how much fun I've had doing it. Um, So I've loved having the conversations uh, between the two of us and having our guests in and interviewing them. Um, But just, you know, talking through what does it mean for God to speak to us? There's life-giving, uh, you know, it's just this sense of life-giving yeah. around tapping in and trying to help people engage with God's voice. Yeah. So that would be my first takeaway. That's good. How much fun it's been and just the life-giving element of it. And I would totally agree with that. And I think I think the, the whole idea of making prophecy making prophecy accessible wow hey there you go um it has been really good Uh, we should start a ministry about that oh wait we have i reckon (laughs) i reckon it should um but but even that whole idea I, i don't know i think um as i continue to reflect i keep thinking about yeah not only the fun but i do think about some of the rants that we've had which have been good and, and I think they they stir passion and evoke emotion about the prophetic, which I think says something in itself. And I, and I do wonder, even as we have talked and hopefully as people have engaged with the podcast, not just, and I, I'm not just saying listened to the podcast, but engaged with it and then started to implement some things, I hope that people have grown as a result. I know um, as I've listened to... Um, different ones like I think of Kath you know talking about that holy disruption from her book and that whole idea of you know okay it is um, God's timing and it's not just about putting him in our box and you know all those sorts of things and um, bits and pieces and then some of the other things that she was saying I sit there and I go oh my goodness I grew as I listened to her when I uh, when we again reminding us about Brandon um, and that whole idea of you know taking those moments in the shower, our water. Uh, uh, here's an admission: our water bill's gone up because <laughs> because I slowed down. I actually decided to take some time in the shower each day and just go, "Okay, God, what are you what are you doing? How can I be part of what you're doing today?" Just asking that simple question in whatever way, shape, or form that might be, and that. So again, you know, listening to these different people engaging with you that question that you asked before you know um how can where can we shine light into our life into people's lives this christmas i I actually stopped and i wrote that down so so it's like those things um are really are really powerful and so i hope for other people not just ourselves but i hope for others that this has helped them grow this year 
I I remember back to a couple of our early podcasts and um, A, I remember how nervous I was when we started uh, and so I'm feeling much more comfortable okay. about things now, um, which is great. But just we started around identity mm. and we started around that sense of connecting, you know, what's our place before God, mm. how does he see us, yeah. and the challenge um, you know, really where the prophetic can go wrong when how successful, you know, putting that in inverted commas, we are in our prophetic words, um, that if we tie that to our identity, things can go really wrong really quickly. Yeah. And so the importance of actually seeing ourselves as loved children of God, that he speaks to us because he loves us. Mm. And, um, and then... The other thing I think has been a bit of a theme for me this season has been recognising the packaging that can go around prophetic ministry in churches. So we can see particular forms of prophetic ministry as being the way that we should do prophetic ministry, but actually God speaks to us in a whole lot of different ways, in a whole lot of broad ways. And um, if we can just broaden out some of the ways that our church engages, we can help everyone hear God, not just those who stand up the front and deliver words. Yeah. Um, so it's some of that, that that I think, wow, it's really important that we broaden out our understanding of prophetic, what the prophetic does yeah. and the function and role that it has. And you know, I remember back to Brandon Kelly's, uh, interview with us where he talked about the fivefold and mm-hmm. how it sits within community and it's one of the gifts to grow up the church and so just some of those things I think has been an incredibly rich season for us yeah yeah that's so good isn't it and now I even wonder um you know you know and probably some of our listeners um uh, know that I'm involved with um, microchurches and particularly the microchurch network across Victoria and and now a little bit across Australia but one of the things that we keep talking about is establishing a room or a table in every in every town or every street wherever you, you know wherever it can be and and i even think that even some of those statements like i'm even thinking now that some of those statements are actually quite prophetic for where the church is heading in the future and so i i must admit that even as we've been engaging through this podcast i and and i've been talking with other different other people I think God's speaking through other people. You know, this that phrase, a room or a table, actually came from, you know, a friend in uh, South Australia in Mount Gambier. And so he, you know, he's starting to talk this way. And I'm like, wow, that's that's amazing. What if God did that? What if God did that? And actually, and I can say this, he's starting to do that in so many different places. And that's fantastic. It's amazing. So, yeah, just being open to even listening to what other people who are, you know, are godly people, people around you are saying can can be some of those things that we go, oh, I need to I need to grab that phrase. I need to grab that phrase. And I think for me, listening to different people, you Chris on the podcast as well, has have been, you know, that whole idea of, oh, I've just got to tune into what God's saying a little bit more. Cause I think there's some things that he's trying to do at this moment in time for the church and for his people, which will be amazing if we step into them. Ah, that's such a good place for us to finish up, just that sense of hope 
an expectancy mm-hmm. that God is speaking. He is faithful for our next step. He wants us to thrive. He wants us to step into places yeah. and his voice is not silent to yeah. show us where we need to go and what we need to do. Yeah. Um, Andrew, it's been an absolute joy to do this season with you and I cannot wait to see what our next season is about. I reckon there is a whole lot of stuff around social justice, the voice of God in that space, um, maybe a bit more around the barriers that we individually and, and from a church experience as in terms of tuning into God. There is like there's endless conversations that we can have in this space. Absolutely. That's been great, great, Chris. I, I so appreciated your honesty and your openness as you've, you know, engaged and thought thoughtfully brought things to the table for us to to talk about and for us to engage with. I think it's been fantastic. So thank you so much for all the effort that you've put in this year. It's been amazing as you've guided us through this oh, whole season. Thanks, Andrew. And we can't finish our podcast without thanking Dave, our back-end guy, who's yes. done all of the production stuff. Yeah. Um, Dave, you are amazing and you work faithfully to bring God's kingdom to everyone around. So, Andrew, Merry Christmas. May the light and life of God come into your house and your family today. And we're just praying that for all of the listeners who are hearing this as well. So we look forward to next season and we will see you then. Bless you. Bless you. Thank you for listening to The Prophecy Project. We hope you've been encouraged as you've listened today. We would love to connect with you. You can do that by following Accessible Prophecy on Instagram and Facebook. If you have a question or topic you would like us to cover, please check the podcast information description for ways that you can connect with us and for links to resources, workshops and coaching. We hope you'll join us for the next Prophecy Project podcast.